Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to shine the spotlight on our membership program. With it, you can get up to 40% off our brands, discover dozens of new innovative outdoor startups, receive first access to new products, gain access to ambassador programs for over 50 of our startups, and receive first access to purchase demo and trade show gear at 30 to 60% off. Head to readyyeti.com slash members to sign up. What is going on, Ready Yeti podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. And on today's episode, I'm sitting down with Will Fisher, the founder of Bulletproof Denim. If you're not familiar with Bulletproof Denim, they make functional jeans that will last forever. And I'm really excited to talk to Will and, and really get to know his business, him, and how they make jeans that really last because I, I know one of the big issues is having a pair of pants that actually last longer than a year. <laughs> but Will, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So right off the bat, for the listener that may not be aware of Bulletproof Denim, how would you describe what you guys are about? All right, so the whole point of Bulletproof is we want to make jeans that as you said, would last forever. And, you know, there are a million other pairs of technical pants on the market. Uh, you can walk into REI or, you know, any other specialty uh, outdoor store and find pants. But, you know, when I started on this, I specifically did not want them to look technical. Right. I wanted them to look like, you know, a completely normal pair of just, you know, uh, high-end five-pocket jeans, but to have the performance um, capabilities that I was looking for. So that's, you know, I guess to, to narrow it down a little bit and get it back in the nutshell, um, you know, our saying is, you know, damn near indestructible jeans and chinos. And we back them up with a lifetime guarantee. That's really awesome. So I assume that's where the name came from. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, though, the the way that we came about the name Bulletproof is, um, and you got to remember, I started this as a hobby. I did not know anything about jeans. I did not go to a fashion institute. This was all born out of necessity. And um, I was actually in commercial real estate development from... God, I started doing internships in college and... um, didn't get fully out of real estate development until 2015, I guess. Um, but I just, I kept destroying my jeans Yeah, and, um, you know, just kind of started playing around with it. Um, you know, didn't like anything that was on the market. And, um, so I figured, Hey, I'll just, let me see what I can come up with. And uh, you should have seen it. The The first two pairs that I got made, I actually got, um, and sorry for the noise, I'm actually sitting outside. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous morning. No and um, there's a dog down the street barking. But, um, but yeah, so I started playing around with it and 
just doing research and though all of the textile infrastructure has packed up and moved away from um, North Carolina over the past, you know, what, 20, 25 years, mainly since the passing of NAFTA in, what, 93, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the mills are closed, most of them. So, some are still open, but they're really only subsisting off of government uh, contract work. Um, but so the facilities aren't here anymore, but the, the technical know-how is still here. You know, people have been doing this for years. So I got with them and, um, just started narrowing down, you know, uh, laying out the, the characteristics and the, uh, performance benefits we were looking for, for the pants. And, um, then from there, just started testing fabrics and um, just got some, you know, sample fabrics and fabrics we could buy off the rack from all over the world delivered and um, actually took them down to this old lady who's probably, God, probably in her 90s who, um, who makes wedding dresses for a living. And I took these different fabrics down to her and she measured me and it took her like several weeks, probably a month, but she made me two pairs of pants and, um, I'll try to pull up a picture. Um, actually I think I still have the pants. I'll try to get a picture over yeah. to you so you can see them, but, um, they're pretty rough looking, but you know, as far as initial prototypes go, you know, they were functional enough to test the fabric. Um, so that was probably March or April of 2011. Sorry, man, it all, yeah, it, no. might, it, it all kind of runs together. It but uh, So then in the intervening five or six years, just every time we did a new production batch, we just made a tweak here or there and, um, you know, have arrived at, uh, at what we have today. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely missed the question. The, uh, the bulletproof. Yeah, when we first started off, we, um, uh, we were going to use Kevlar. Okay. And uh, yeah, cause you, I don't know if you're into motorcycles, but they have a lot of Kevlar lined jeans mm-hmm. specifically for, um, for that. And randomly there is a Kevlar thread factory about 20 minutes from me. Um, so went over there, met with the owners, interviewed them, uh, picked their brains and realized that Kevlar is not the material for us. But, uh, and people ask us that all the time, do you have Kevlar? But no, um, we don't. We're, our jeans are not designed to hit the pavement at 80 miles an hour in a motorcycle wreck. That's just, that's not what they're made for. <laughs> right. Um, and Kevlar is like this beautiful golden blonde um, uh, thread. But if you expose it to UV light, it like turns brown. And if you, it's not made to be washed. Um but yeah, so we kind of picked that name and um, and just kind of stuck, you know. Yeah. Um, and but it does it does quite well, um, you know. Describe describe the uh, the pants. So that's awesome. So how how long did it take you to go through this whole process of prototyping from those first two pairs that you had made to the line that you see now on Bulletproof's website? I would say to get the current line, probably four years. 
four years. Um, so we did the two pairs and then had some buddies. Um, like my friend Zachary is a professional BMX rider. Um, and he wanted a pair. So he rode them and just ripped them to shreds. So we knew, you know, we need another fabric blend. So we tweaked the fabric. Um, and then they still weren't holding up like we wanted. Um, so bumped up to a heavier and they just weren't hanging correctly. You know, you know what I'm talking about when a fabric is too too lightweight, it doesn't hang right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like we bumped up from like a 10 to a 12 and I like that much better. Um, but yeah, probably three to four years to get to what you see now. It really goes to show how much time it takes to really develop and create a product like that. Um, yeah. And, and the biggest thing, man, is every time we get a new prototype or a new sample, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the way we test these things is I'll give out, you know, we'll get just say, for example, five pairs and I'll give them to some buddies and I'll keep a pair or two and wear them every day. And you don't notice the little things at first, but if you wear a pair of pants pretty much every day for a month, it's the little tiny details that you notice. And then you can go back and say, okay, we need to change this. We need to change that. Um, things that you would have never caught if you would have just looked at the sample, tried them on real quick and said, yeah, these are great. Right. Um, right. So we have a little bit slower um, development pipeline, I guess you would say. Um, and a lot of that is you know, I, I had another job and so there wasn't an, an immediate rush to just get product, any product on mm-hmm. the shelves. You know what I mean? We really right. wanted to take our time and, and, um, and do it right. Um, cause we never sell anything that I personally don't wear multiple times a week, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. I totally get that. So, with your background, are you you've built jeans that can handle the marketed as outdoor lifestyle and everyday use? I, I think I remember you saying you were, you grew up as a skater. Is that correct? I mean, yeah, skating, doing outside stuff, um, big into mountain biking, okay. hiking. Um, did a lot of stuff down at the beach, which is not terribly applicable to jeans. Um, you know, grew up sailing, uh, down on the coast in South Carolina, uh, things like that, but just always doing stuff outside. Um, but you know, at the beginning with Bulletproof skating seemed like such a natural market and, you know, some of the people I knew, um, that was kind of what they were into and it was a great test ground for it because those guys are just brutal. brutal on pants um i don't know if you've seen it but we shared a post on facebook yesterday or the day before uh from a customer who uh bit the dust at 35 miles an hour on his longboard and yeah yeah and he posted a picture of the pants and they're fine you know a couple little scuffs um mainly just where he's rubbed off a little bit of the color Mm -hmm. but you know, if, if he would have been in a pair of Levi's, he would have been shredded. He would have been, he would have been shredded, man. Yeah. yeah. 
That's yeah. awesome. That, that must be that must be the best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, when people show us a pic and they're like, "Yeah, man, you know, I just completely ate it, and your genes literally saved my ass." Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so we love. There's nothing better than getting letters and pictures and whatnot uh, from our customers. And um, you know, we've got an over 90% repeat customer rate. And over the years, um, I've become friends with a lot of them. Um, you know, whether grabbed a beer with them or going mountain biking or whatever. Um, so it's been fun, man. I've really, really enjoyed it. That's really, really enjoyed awesome. It. So you guys are your your two man operation or full time operation, and obviously you've got some uh, freelancers and contractors that you use for other tasks that you need to do with with um, bulletproof. But I wanted to ask you what the growth has been like since you guys started in two thousand eleven. Oh man, um, it's been kind of crazy. You know, at first we. You know, started off with the two pairs, just samples, and then I think we went up to six pairs because some buddies wanted some. Right. And then, like, I think I got 20 pairs made, and then it was like, we should start selling these things. I don't know. Let's just float <laughs> it out there. Let's just float it out there and, you know, see if see if anybody wants any. You know, sign up for a nine ninety nine a month website and... You should have seen it, man. It was pretty rough. I knew nothing about photography <laughs> uh, <laughs> or any of that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, floated it out there. Probably had them up for sale toward the end of 2011. And I want to say our first production batch was like 55 pairs. Um, and then just kind of kept gradually rolling it. And, um, so the thing with jeans is there are so many variations, right. um, you know, with shirts, you've got, you know, maybe extra small, small, medium, large, extra large, you know, maybe five sizes. Mm-hmm. We have seven or eight colors, uh, two fits, you know, it's seven or eight colors times two fits. That's 16 times two styles, that's 32, times 18 different sizes. And we don't have every size and every fit and every style of every color, but it comes out to about 400 different SKUs. Oh, my. Um, yeah, so at first we, first we started off with just the Midnight Blue, and then we added a black and... We only had one fit and four or five sizes. So we only had like maybe 10 SKUs at first. Um, And then as it started to grow, again, I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to think back what year, probably three, two or three years ago, um, you know, it was starting to take off, but we knew we couldn't do it with, yeah, we added a couple more colors. But then a couple of years ago, we knew that if we were going to make something of this, we really had to increase uh, our variety. Um, so we added the chinos, and people are always a little bit confused about the chinos. We need to do a better job on the website of explaining the difference. Um, they're exactly the same as the jeans, same fabric. And I think some people, when they think chinos, they're thinking lightweight mm-hmm. and... 
you know, they're not going to be as durable, but they're exactly the same fabric. The only difference is that the pockets are different. Um, so I guess three years ago, maybe two, two and a half years ago, we, um, we added a new fit, the adventure fit before we had only done the slim fit, uh, which is not super skinny, Josh. I don't know if you have any of them, but, um, like I'm six feet, 185, and I wear the 34 slim fits all the time. They're not like, yeah, they're not like H and M or Zara, like skinny, 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 skinny you, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're just, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're really more like a tapered fit. We should probably change the name. Um, but once we, probably a little over two years ago, we added the adventure fit and like tripled our skew count. And since then, I mean, we're probably up 10, 20 X. Um, yeah. So, you know, with, uh, you know, people pay a lot of lip service to customer service. Um, but we really try our best to address every customer's needs. And even if they bought a pair three years ago and, you know, they've worn a hole in it because they've been longboarding in them for three years, you know, we try to, try to, you know, either hook them up with a new pair or repair them for them or help them, you know, get them fixed, you know, because kind of our philosophy is, you know, we would never want to run into a customer or no, I don't, that sounds terrible, not run into a customer, but we would love to hang out with any of our customers at any time. And I think if I was a customer, I would want and expect, uh, I mean, our jeans aren't cheap. They're not $20 jeans from Walmart. And, you know, we really want them to be satisfied and happy with them. Um, so, you know, that's really, really what we go for. But, um, back to the growth thing, you know, with our repeat customer rate, we just kind of, you know, we've had customers who've been with us from the beginning and, um, you know, so the existing customers, you know, keep adding to their collection and, um, you know, keep adding more. We do have sales reps and we are in some specialty outdoor stores, but, our focus is on direct to consumer on the website. Um, mainly, I mean, I don't want to say it would be easier, but you know, it is easier to ship 500 pairs off to a retailer and let them just handle it. Of course. But we would prefer to maintain that customer relationship. You know, so like uh, if, if you go to our website on the contact us page, it's, you know, you can fill out the form and write a little note and it gets emailed to us. But if you look in big letters, it's like, please call us. And we have the, uh, the office number on there. But then I also have my direct cell phone number on there because if you have an issue, I want to hear about it and I want to get you taken care of. Um so that's that's kind of why we pursue the the direct to customer, um, I guess sales approach. You would say just because we would we would prefer to maintain those direct relationships. 
Of course. So. I, I think that's a great way to approach it. And I think more and more businesses are, are starting to really figure that out, um, how important it is to make sure that you really take care of your customers. Mm-hmm. So it, it, along the process of manufacturing, um, what it, what, I want to ask what your commitment to sustainably manufacturing. Do you guys make the jeans in, in the U.S.? We don't. And that has been... <sighs> I've been trying, man, since day one. Um, I mean, I have every couple months I go down the road of trying to piece it together. And the problem is that after the passage of NAFTA, um, essentially, you know, opening up trade, they moved all the factories to Mexico. And then when China joined the WTO back in the World Trade Organization, and got most favored nation status back in like, I don't know, 99 or 2000, something like that, maybe 2001. Um, essentially, the entire textile infrastructure, because textiles are very uh, labor intensive, but they're not a very high value good. Um, if that makes, I mean, not, not that they're not high, high value goods, but if you take the ultimate value of the product divided by how much time it takes to make them, it's pretty low. So you learned in econ, you know, comparative advantage and all that stuff. Um, so they shipped all the textile infrastructure overseas. A lot of it is still in Mexico, but most of it is going to Southeast Asia. And there, there are a couple places here in the U.S. that can still do it. Our biggest problem is the fabric that we don't just buy. Um, and I'll tell the listeners, uh, you know, next time you buy a pair of pants or something, look at the fabric content. And, you know, like Outside Magazine did a did this article that they featured Bulletproof in. It was like, what are the best performance jeans? And you look and, of course, they named Patagonia, who is outside magazines number one advertiser um <laughs> as the winner of the test but if you dig into it you look and the pants are 98 percent cotton two percent spandex i mean that's you can buy that fabric off the rack uh probably in your hometown you know there's there's absolutely no performance benefits whatsoever to it um but so we have to have our fabric custom made and that makes everything much more complicated. Um, but, you know, I've found some places in the Southeast. There's some places in LA. There's some places in New York that'll do it. Um, but they're, none of them are vertically integrated. So they can't do everything. You know, so you got to take, somebody's got to make the fabric and then we got to ship it to the place that will cut and sew it. Um, and then there's a separate dye house and then there's a separate packing facility, you know, where they iron them and fold them and pack them. So they have to go to four or five, six different places, uh, to be finished. And, you know, we're not trying to compete in the fashion space. So we're not, you know, like not too far from us is Raleigh denim and they make some beautiful stuff, but their pants are $300 each. And 
we really, really want to keep that price point under $100. Because even if you tell somebody, you know, hey, these jeans are indestructible, we'll, you know, guarantee them for life. Oh, but they cost $300. Are you actually going to take $300 jeans out um, downhill mountain biking or rock climbing or, you know, something like that where you might mess them up? I seriously doubt it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. So I'm still trying to track that nut, uh, crack that nut. Sorry, I can't talk. Um, <laughs> but that—that uh, that is the ultimate goal. I would love to have everything right here in the Carolinas. There's a good bit over in Georgia, but everything within a couple-hour drive. Um, because I will tell you, doing business overseas is a enormous pain and and um you know just not even that but you know being able to bring the jobs and the money back to the u.s that is our goal and if we can get up to a certain number of units a year you know maybe give us five years i would love to set up a factory of our own somewhere Probably in North Carolina, um, probably over in like central to eastern North Carolina, um, where a lot of some of that old textile infrastructure is still there. Right. Um, but that's the goal, man. That, that That's the goal. And uh, people ask about it every time, and it's easier said than done. Um, but, you know, it's a juggling act between getting that price point that a people will pay and B will actually use the product within that price point. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that is very important to us and to me and, you know, check back in in a couple years and I think we will have cracked it and it'll all be right here. So awesome. But, until that day comes, man, um, <laughs> you know, definitely. So what would you say is uh, one of the hardest parts about building, um, bulletproof denim? Hardest part. I mean, nailing down your product. Well, I'd say the hardest part, and I'm sorry, let me jump up a level above just bulletproof, but you know, um, for everybody out there listening and, you know, I followed along. Um, I'm a member of the Facebook page, and you know, Josh, you guys have a seems like a very passionate uh, base of subscribers and fans. Um, and the biggest thing is to be passionate about it. You know, I, I came out of college not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, went into real estate development, thinking it would be great. But at the end of the day, I wasn't passionate about it. Um, there's only you can only get so excited about building another shopping center, you know, with a grocery store and a great clips and whatnot. Um, so it never really lit my fire. And you know, that's when I started doing bulletproof. I think, I mean, there, I don't want to say dark times, but there, there were a lot of times when I was like, what, what am I doing? You know, you're trying to get this thing off the ground. Nobody's ever heard of you. Um, right. But every time I wore my jeans, I loved them. 
and we kept adding colors and fits and it was fun and you know bottom line was just passionate about it and just kind of kept me going um to keep doing it um you know i told you i was working another full-time job for you know more than the first half of bulletproof's life and so that meant a lot of weekends uh staying up till midnight um doing this stuff and if you don't care about it you're just you're not going to do that you're not going to go the extra mile um so I would say if you have people out there and they want to, you know, start their own company, the biggest thing is you got to care about it. You know, if you hate mountain biking, don't start a company that has something to do with mountain biking or climbing or, you know, uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail or something like that. Like if you're not, if you don't live it and breathe it. it's never going to work. You know, you just, it's not going to work. So find what you're passionate about and pursue it. Like, do you remember that commercial with the guy from Sam Adams? Um, what does he say? Uh, you know, if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I mean, I work seven days a week. Um, I'm answering emails at 11, 1130 at night. And, Sometimes I'm back on the back up and on the phone with our manufacturers at four or five in the morning. And, um, if, uh, if I didn't care about it and if I didn't love it, there's no way I'd be doing this stuff. You know, I'd be checking in at nine in the morning and check out at five, you know? Um, but, but I love it. So it, you know, sometimes it feels like work. I mean, you know, accounting and inventory reconciliation. Nobody likes to do that stuff, but, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but the hardest parts of it, um, that's a tough one, man. Uh, the nuts and bolts of it, um, are kind of hard. Uh, the product development, not so much just because I'm really into it, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, so, I mean, we can make a tweak to the jeans and, um, you know, then I'll wear them for a week and, you know, bounce them off my friends. What do you think? And, um, so, I mean, that's not terribly difficult. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not difficult, but it's, um, I enjoy it. Um, the hard parts of those, I guess the hardest part of those first couple years when you're really trying to figure out exactly it is what you're doing um, and most likely working a full-time job doing it. Um, but if you're passionate about it and, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest indicators is repeat customers. If you can, you know, you can trick somebody into buying something once but if they come back and buy two, three, four, five times, you're probably doing something right. So that I always look at that as uh, the biggest uh, validation of the brand. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So just uh, just stick with it, and um, you know, reach out to people who've done it before. Um, uh, you know, anybody out there listening, I'd be more than happy if you have an idea for a product. Um, 
you know, feel free to hit me up anytime and uh, I'd be happy to, happy to guide you, um, little bit and see, you know, see if I could help you down the, down the path. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah. Josh, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I think it was, that was great. I think, um, the idea, uh, the whole journey really is, is very, um, insightful. And with any business, there's a million facets to it that are challenging and difficult. Um, before we wrap up, um, I, I know we're, you're on a you're on a tight schedule. I wanted to ask one last question: of what would you say yeah. is the, the best part about running um, bulletproof denim? I'd say it's the people. I'd say it's the people. I've met so many of our customers, and you know, you know, we got a stray, you know, not so nice person here and there, but ninety nine percent of our customers are somebody that I would love to hit the trail and go grab a beer with afterwards. Um, you know, that's why I try to get people to call is I like to get to know them and, um, you know, see what they're into. And, um, you know, I find that I have a lot in common with most of our customers. Um, and you know, they're all just, just cool guys and, and gals, uh, you know, mostly uh, guys, we will add a women's line soon, I promise. Um, but yeah, the customers, customers have just been awesome. Um, made a lot of friends over the years just through Bulletproof. That's awesome. Going into the future, you, you mentioned the women's line. Um, I wanted to ask what, what did you see? What do you see in store for the future for bulletproof in the next year, five years, and even ten years, if you thought about it, uh, five years is a little fuzzier. Um, I like where it's going now. I'd like to increase our product range. Um, I'm not sure right now. I'd say no about branching out into. People ask if we're going to make, you know, jackets or backpacks. Um, and right now I would say no. Um, I'm really a, and this is all going back to the, you know, go after and make what you're into. And, you know, kind of my default um, uh, outfit is a pair of our jeans or chinos and uh i know people love chacos and flip-flops but i'm a old school <laughs> i wear i wear my tevas all the time love those things um or you know loafers or climbing shoes or whatever and a t-shirt uh so that's kind of my go-to um so we may we may do stuff but right now i would say the chances of it are slim um we have no outside investors or anything like that. So we don't have anybody to, I don't say answer to, but we don't have anybody, you know, a monthly board meeting where they sit down and say, okay, well now we got to branch out into this, this, and this. Um, I feel like that's not our core competency. And so uh, we shouldn't get into it. You know, I'm not a huge backpack guy. I, I take my camel back pretty much everywhere I go. Uh, it's like my man purse. Um, <laughs> um, 
But the big thing, and the women's line, um, I just, we will, but I got to find the right person to help us with it. Right. Because with the, the men's stuff, you can hand it to me. And like I said, I'll go wear them for a week, wear them for a month. And I can tell you, no, you got to bring it. We got to bring it in half an inch here. We got to take it out a quarter inch there, you know, change the pocket this way. Um, it doesn't fit right. Women's jeans, I'm just kind of flying in the dark. Um, right. So if I could find somebody who could be our tester and whatnot and really, you know, help us get them nailed down, we would love to. But um, what I'm running with right now, full bore, you know, full steam ahead is shorts. Um, so we, we posted something on Instagram a couple weeks ago. We've gotten the first couple pairs of samples in and um, the ones, you know, we, we've been kicking it around and, you know, playing around with samples for about a year now, but I feel like we've kind of, it's starting to come together where we're almost at the point where we can green light them. Um, but what we're looking for and what, what we're trying to create is essentially take everything we've learned from building the genes, but um, we want to distill that down into a lightweight, quick drying summer short. So what we're circling right now is they look very similar to our chinos, um, nine inch inseam, but instead of using a like a twelve, what, what we use for the jeans is a twelve ounce fabric, fifty percent cotton, so they're soft and they feel like normal jeans. Thirty five percent nylon. Um, not sure if you guys are f- uh, familiar with Cordura, but um, you know, it's really, really, really strong fabric, and we cross weave it um, across the uh, across the cotton, almost like uh, cotton is really soft, but it's not strong at all because it has little short fibers. So we weave the nylon crossways through it, almost like um, almost like putting rebar through concrete. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then going the other way, we weave in 10% PET, which is essentially, you know, the clear plastic water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, you can melt those down and extrude them into uh, thread. And then going diagonal, we put in 5% spandex. So most jeans have 2 to 3% spandex or elastane um, in them. But what we want to do and what we're doing with the shorts is instead of having a 12-ounce, we're looking at doing like a 6-, 7-ounce stretch nylon 6-6 short. So they look look like our chinos, um, and I'm not familiar, not sure how familiar you are with our chinos, but so – so they're nice enough to wear to the golf course, to the – which I don't golf, uh, <laughs> but it, but you, you get the point. Uh, right. So, so they're good-looking shorts, um, but, you know, in the summertime, they'll dry in 20, 30 minutes. Um, and what, what I'm really looking for is an all-day short. And the, the genesis of the idea, the impetus for the whole product – 
is I was telling Josh before, I guess, before we started recording that, um, we spend every summer out in Southeastern Idaho, just, um, if any, any of you have been to Jackson hole, if you come out of Jackson hole, you pass through Wilson and you hit the, uh, the base of the Teton pass. If you go up above, up to the top of the Teton pass and then come down, once you hit the flat, you cross into Idaho after like a mile. And so we spend the summer in Victor, Idaho. And uh, if any of you have plans or are thinking of going out to Jackson Hole, don't. Go across the border to Idaho. It's got all of the outdoor stuff you could ever imagine with zero of the Jackson crowds. Um, but what I was looking for is a short that I could wake up in the morning, throw on, and wear all day. And so the typical day out there is, um, you know, it's up at 45 degrees north latitude. So in the summer, I mean, the sun comes up, I don't know, 530, definitely comes up before six, probably 530. And I would always have my mountain bike loaded in the truck. And I want a short that I could throw on, take the bike, head up to the top of Teton Pass, and, you know, go bomb Black's Canyon or on the other side of the road, you know, do Phillips Canyon or something like that, um, you know, ride for a couple hours and then go float the Teton River um, in the same shorts, you know, hop out soaking wet, you know, been on the water all day and then head over to, you know, Grand Teton Brewing, get a couple beers. After that, you know, 7 p.m., roll over to the Naughty Pine Supper Club and have dinner, all in the same pair of pants. So that's been kind of what I've been working on and trying to do uh, for really about the past year, and it's kind of starting to come together um so look for more details soon um, yeah definitely but Sounds uh like you described the perfect day <laughs> yeah 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 so now we're trying to we're trying to make the perfect pant for the perfect summer day yeah um so you know it was back to kind of the 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 underlying theme to all of this is solving a personal problem um you know, coming up with the jeans, the first couple pairs at first, and now, you know, trying to build these shorts, um, you know, I don't want to say for myself, but you, you know, you know what I mean? Of course. Not just, not just creating them in the abstract, but I know exactly what I want them to be able to do and what I plan on doing in them. And then we will create them, uh, as such. That's awesome. I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the future. And, uh, Will, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to, yeah, Josh, uh, to thank chat you, buddy. with me. This was, this was really a blast. I really like getting to know you and more about uh, Bulletproof. Um, and for, for any of the listeners um, that want to learn more about Bulletproof, they can head over to Ready Yeti between May 30th and June 13th. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway with them and giving away three pairs of their their jeans. Um, but Will, I wanted to ask if the listener wanted to keep tabs on what you guys are doing or just follow along 
where's the best place for them to do that? Um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, so on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash bulletproof and bulletproof is spelled P R U F E. So B U L L E T P R U F E. So facebook.com slash bulletproof or on Instagram, we're just at bulletproof. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's, we don't have a blog on the website. We just use the, um, you know, the social media to kind of keep everybody posted. Perfect. And we'll, we'll have links to that in the show notes for everyone to check out. But Will, I really appreciate you taking that time. It really was a blast. Yeah. Thanks again, Josh. And, um, for all of you, if you have any questions or, you know, you've got an idea of something that, um, you know, you've always wanted to start and just didn't know where to start, um, my cell phone's on the website, on our website, bulletproof.com. Feel free to uh, give me a buzz anytime. Hey, Ready Any Podcast listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Red Yeti Podcast. I'll catch you next week.